Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Let's go places. Traveling for college hoops this winter? Pro tip, stay at a graduate hotel. They're obsessed with college basketball, just like us. Each graduate hotel is like a shrine to the local team with lots of cool details for alumni. Nods to school colors, mascots. Why would you stay anywhere else? They have 30-plus hotels in the best college towns. And get this, you can save up to 30% with the code DOUG. That's my name, D-O-U-G. Good at any graduate hotel, any location, up to 30% off. Book your basketball stays at graduatehotels.com. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom on a Tuesday. Johnny Ramos, you got a boom for us as well? Boom. Oh, <laughs> listen yeah. to the bass on this BKR edition. We are in for Doug Gottlieb here on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, Thanksgiving week. You know what I love about Thanksgiving week? What's that, Dan? Jonas is the Maui Invitational. I really right. do like it. It's yeah. one of those things I do. I love it. So we've got Wichita State Marquette action going on right now, but there is something that's just a great feel about it. So I, I, I get that feeling of Thanksgiving week. A buddy of mine lives in Maui, and I see on his Instagram page that he like this is one of his favorite times because this is a big deal there. Like a, a lot oh, of the sure. events will show up in in Honolulu or on the island of Oahu, but not many go to 
to Maui. And so this is a huge event there. So they've got beer tents set up. I saw they had, they had Kona Big Wave and Longboard set up. People are drinking beers, watching college basketball. I would gamble on every single thing you could possibly gamble on. <laughs> like I swear to God I would. Everything I'd gamble on. I'd gamble on whether or not a ref tripped, the over-under, point spreads, you name it. What a good time in Maui. I love the Maui Invitational because it leads you right into Thanksgiving. Then we've got the three NFL games, of course, on Thursday this year's games, Jonas, um, Giants-Redskins, kind of a whatever on Thursday night, but Vikings line should be good. Chargers-Cowboys should be interesting. It sets up the whole great week of sports, and of course, Friday, you've got college football, but i got to be honest, I'm really having a difficult time putting the Monday in my rearview mirror after last night's Falcons victory over the Seahawks, 34-31 to in Seattle, and really what what made me think, and as I sit here, and it's it's known I follow the Seahawks my whole life. I, I don't want to sound like a homer as we talk about this, but last night's loss just really, really bothered me. It I really, there is something that stuck with me <laughs> minutes after the game, hours after the game, even waking up this morning. It's it's just not a good feeling. And this is this is now the second time in consecutive home games that the Seahawks have lost to what I think is an average team in the NFC. And these are games that the Seahawks hadn't lost in the past. And I I just... I'm trying to put my finger on why it's bothering me so much. Okay, and and just to peel back the curtain a little bit, as we were talking before the show, you alluded to this, and I said, "Surprise me on the air." Okay, like so, don't don't tell me why it's bothering you because I'm fascinated to know. Because to me, that's just another game last night. You really you didn't lose any ground in the division. The Rams lost this weekend. You're clearly the two best teams in that division. Why this game? Did this one bother you? Because it was one of those games where there was, you know, some turnovers, uh, you know, a, a defensive mm-hmm. touchdowns, um, a, a mistake at the end of the first half on, on on potentially having three points. I mean, that that's that's why I'm I'm curious to see why this one bothered you because they've had other losses. They they've lost obviously a few times this year. So why this yeah, one? This one bothered me because it signified something to me that I didn't realize that that time was here, and that is this team has zero margin of error, that they won't work things out. And there are things that have gone on in the past four or five seasons with this Seahawks team that I don't want to say Seahawks fans took for granted, but that's probably pretty fair. How many Russell Wilson comebacks have we seen? How about Monday Night Magic? We even talked on the show uh, yesterday on the network about the fail Mary that the Seahawks had on Monday night. How about the the night a couple of years ago when K.J. Wright knocked the Calvin Johnson fumble out of the back of the end zone? Another controversial win. The Seahawks have come back before. They had a great late win against Buffalo last year. Monday night magic seemed to be there. And last night, Jonas, it was on the verge of happening. It was almost there until Blair Walsh's field goal comes up short in the final seconds. And it was that, along with everything else in the game, And all that I had heard leading up to the Monday night game was how this Seahawks team is really going to miss Richard Sherman, how Cam Chancellor isn't going to be there. This defense is done. This team is done. It is over for the Seahawks. And Vegas said as much as well. The Seahawks opened as a a two-and-a-half-point favorite. By the time kickoff came around, Atlanta was favored by a point. 
And okay. there, there were a lot of people who would really like the Falcons in this game, and I felt it was an opportunity for the Seahawks to prove them wrong. All right, so let's let's go ahead and dive into this. All right, here let's let's do a. Uh, this is kind of going to the doctor. We're going to see what symptoms you have, and we're going to go ahead and diagnose this and see what really is bothering you. Okay, so clearly it bothers you from from a fan standpoint. Although you're not fanatical and you don't let it depress your entire week like some fans that are listening right now on Fox Sports Radio. And if that's you, that's fine. Um. Okay. So so clearly that bothers you. Did you have fantasy football implications? No. Okay, so that that will cross. In fact, that out I the had list. Julio Jones on my team. Okay, was, so yeah. that yeah, so that's actually yeah, positive. I was down by a lot. There was no way I was okay. going to be able to come back and win. Did you go to the betting window at all during that game or I, before? I picked. <laughs> I picked the Seahawks. I did pick the Seahawks in a in a pool that I'm in. Yes. Okay. So that probably burned you a little bit. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But was it a make added. or break game for the pool? Um. No. Not not make or break. <laughs> okay. Not make or break. But. You what, know, it really could have helped. What did you have for dinner, or what were you dining on while you were watching the game? <laughs> I did have some leftover Nashville chicken uh, strips, okay. Nashville chicken tenders. Uh, were they cooked to your liking? Did yes. they taste okay? Perfect. My wife did a great job. How cold was the Mountain Dew? <laughs> the Mountain Dew was fresh, number one. And... um Gosh, did I even have a Mountain Dew last night? That may have been that, is. That there could we have been have, the we got it, folks. We've that, done it. We uh, have done it here. Wow. Round of applause. We have done it. Yes, it was the Mountain Dew. And, and listen, I get it, Dano. Look, I get it. Like I, I get the Buyer. shakes. I get the shakes if I go 20 minutes without doing a shot of vodka. So I understand. Listen, <laughs> and that's just some of us have different tastes. And, and I don't know why you're oh, laughing, man. sir. It's not that funny. Uh, so the Mountain Dew, I think, was the real problem with this. Their margin of error, with or without the Mar- Mountain Dew, is gone. Like this, like the Falcons <laughs> weren't even that good last night. That's the thing that bothers me as I've watched this Atlanta team as well. The Seahawks on the opening kickoff allow Atlanta to get the ball at midfield. The next possession, Russell Wilson is picked off and the ball's returned to the Seahawks 30-yard line. So another short field for Atlanta. The Seahawks then on Atlanta's next score, it ends up being a fumble by Russell Wilson, allowing the Falcons to pick it up and score. It wasn't like that they really missed Cam Chancellor and really missed Richard Sherman last night. The defense was all right. The problem was they couldn't get off the field on third down, and they didn't get to Matt Ryan. They had just one sack, which was actually right at the two-minute warning at the end of the game, which allowed them to get the ball back and try to score and, and kick a field goal. Their time management at the end just – wasn't right. You had a minute 55. I know you didn't have any timeouts, but about a minute 40 or so to get the ball into field goal range, and you could only get a 51-yarder. That was an issue last night. The mistakes that they made. The fake field goal. Here was, we go. The, the, okay. All right. This is, yeah, here we go. I'm sorry to go off a, <laughs> no, a little bit. No, this is great. I love it. The fake field goal at the time seemed crazy. It, it seemed ridiculous. You you don't want to give the team momentum coming into the second half, and the Seahawks were getting the ball in the second half, so you would have been down four at the time and had the football to maybe come back and take the lead at the in the opening part of the second half. The issue with the, the field goal, as I look back on it, it was blocked except for one spot, and that was Grady Jarrett. If Grady Jarrett doesn't make his move along the defensive line, Luke Wilson scores a touchdown on that play. And the game doesn't come down to that field goal because it's played out differently. It's not, well, they could have used those three points then. Atlanta goes for it on fourth and one at the at the inch line that they had instead of kicking the field goal to go up two scores. That, that That's taken out of the, the, the equation at that time. The Seahawks would still have that deficit. But the fake field goal was a desperate move. And the Seahawks only make desperate moves when – they are needed. Desperate times call for desperate measures. 
And that's what we saw last night. And Jonas, I think that is the true meaning. They ran a fake field goal in the NFC Championship game against the Packers a few years ago. And right. they're down sixteen nothing. Needed to get some get some points in in that game. They don't make you didn't need to make desperate moves when you had a great defense. You didn't need to make desperate moves when you knew that your offense could pull you through. They made desperate moves last night and they look like a desperate team, and if they knew it, I think that's what really bothered Well, Dan, we've got three hours to vent, and uh, and we will oh. let you do so. We are here for you. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Mercedes Lewis joins us here on Fox Sports Radio. Good afternoon, Mercedes. How you doing? I'm doing well. What's going on? Uh, let's, uh, let's start here. Is this the most fun you've had during your what, 12 seasons in Jacksonville? I mean, you were there early when there was some success. You're there during the downtimes. Now the upswing is there. Is this the most fun you've had so far in your career in that Jaguars uniform? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd say so. I think, you know, as far as back as I, I can remember, I think this is uh, the best time I've had, I've had playing ball, you know? Uh, what's that defense like to go against in training camp and in practice? Well, definitely challenging, I think. That was one of the biggest uh, differences this year. You know, this camp was actually a dogfight every single day. Uh, we knew that, you know, by doing that and by uh, going against them every day, you know, we, we've created uh, an environment that's been really competitive and uh, it's definitely, you know, rolling over into Sunday. Have you seen, like, over these last couple of years? I mean, I mean, really, you guys have ad- added pieces on defense, but was there a point where you could see in practice going up against them that, hey, this crew is something special? Do you do you ever remember an instance like that? Uh, not, not a particular instance. I just think that, you know, every day was just grueling, right? And it was, it was like how camp, how you would think about it. Like if somebody, you know, has never seen an NFL game but heard about training camp, uh, and had all these horror stories about it, I think that was exactly how it was. You know, I mean, it was long days, short nights. The grind was real. You know, it was no it, – it'll make a punk out of you if you let it. You know, and, mm-hmm. and I think it was good for the team. Uh, it challenged us, put us in the right mind state for what this year was going to uh, – this year was going to be. So uh, definitely worked out for us, and uh, we're just looking ahead, you know. Is is that a Doug Marone thing, or Mercedes Lewis joining us here on Fox Sports Radio, tight end for the Jaguars, or is it a Tom Coughlin thing? What has been different about this year? I think it's a mixture of both. I think you know they both share share similar uh, ideas on you know how they think a football team should be ran, and I think uh, that they've been doing a good job of getting the point across. Um, you know, obviously, you know I don't sit in meetings with them, but um, it seems like they're pretty collaborative on you know what they. Uh, expect out of us and what they expect for us to be getting done during during the season. Um, from a national standpoint, Blake Bortles, your quarterback, gets a lot of a lot of people give him a hard time and criticize his play, and they they like to call him out, and and that's just the way the NFL is with social media. How is he different with you guys, and how has he reacted to some of the criticism that he's faced? Man, Blake is one of the coolest dudes that I know. You know, he's not weathered by anything. And- um, you know, he goes out there to try to be the best he can be every single day, and that's all you can ask. Um, whether you're doing bad or doing good, people are always going to have things to say. Uh, they're always going to try to pick holes in your game, uh, but that's what critics are for, and that's what they do, right? So at the end of the day, we still got to go out there, and we get, we have to get in between the lines and do our job. Uh, and as long as he's going out there and giving his all and bringing his best every weekend, that's all we can ask for. 
Mercedes Lewis of the Jacksonville Jaguars joining us, as I mentioned, joining Brad Meester and Jimmy Smith is only the third Jaguar to start at least 150 games. I know you're an L.A. guy, but are you now a Jacksonville guy for being there as long as you have? Is it how, how do you how do you view yourself now? I mean, you went to school here at UCLA. You're from Southern California, but this is this is 12 years in Jacksonville. As I mentioned, people don't even remember the time that the Jaguars were actually in the playoffs. You were on that team in 2007. Are you now a Jacksonville guy instead of an L.A. guy? Uh, not really, because in Jacksonville, I don't really go nowhere. Okay. You know, I'm, I'm normally I'm normally at work or off my feet. I don't really get out in the city too much. Uh, maybe go to the movies and or go to dinner or whatever. But other than that, I don't really do too much. I just try to, you know, I, I feel like, you know, our job is 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 demanding enough on our bodies that you know if I'm if I'm out and doing a bunch of stuff in the city, other than you know, giving back uh, on on my off day, then it's gonna it's gonna just be counterproductive. So I just try to stay off my feet as much as possible. That is the nicest way to say there's nothing to do in Jacksonville. Hey, that, is, that is so nice, hey, Mercedes. But you got to stay there. You know, you got to play your entire year there. You've been there your whole career, so you know how it works, uh, Mercedes. Let me ask you this though: you're you're getting to a point to where is nowadays when guys are talking about the future and the next phase of their life and all that, obviously you're focused on football, but have you sort of started to think about what you want to do next and what the plan is after the NFL career? Uh, well, you know, initially I just want to, I want to travel first of all, uh, go see the world for about a year and just relax, decompress. Um, you know, I'm doing a little bit of stuff for NFL network, uh, you know, and they're, they're interested in me. So, I might look to be an analyst. It just depends, you know. I have other business endeavors that I'm that I'm doing and that are successful. So, you know, I, I have some things that, you know, I'll be able to get into when I'm ready to do it. How does that make it that important this year? How much does that play into you enjoying this season so much, knowing that, hey, there's stuff that's going to be down the line that you want to do that really may not be that far off? Say that again? How important is this, uh, with the stuff that you want to do in the future, I guess, does that make this season that much more special? Because you know, hey, this is year number 12. You don't know how long you're going to be playing. There is stuff that you want to do on the on the horizon that you've got in front of you. But right now you're in the midst of a team that's 7-3. and three. How much does, does that play in knowing that your career, that, you know, you don't know how many years you're going to play in the NFL? Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, I'm I'm living in the moment right now. You know, obviously I've been here when, you know, we were doing pretty good and then obviously hit hit a downfall and now we've climbed ourselves back out of that and so it's been, you know, amazing to be a part of it. Uh and to be an integral piece, you know, not just a guy that's just happy to be here and happy to be wearing a jersey. Uh it's a blessing, always been a privilege for me. Uh, you know, twelve years in, thirty three years old, named the captain, still playing at a very high level. Um you know, and I still have, you know, some football left in me. So it's just good that, you know, I'm at this point uh, and we're doing really well. Um, you know, it keeps me looking forward to the future. Uh, Mercedes Lewis with us here. Before we let you go, I got I to gotta find this out. This is one of my favorite things to ask. So you've been in the NFL a long time. If you had to rank the top five trash talkers in your career that you dealt with in the NFL, what are your top five? And is Jalen Ramsey on that list? Uh, well, Jalen is uh, young, 
Uh, and he he's I don't really have to deal with him like that. I know he gets under everybody else's skin, <laughs> but he's he's probably not on my list because that's my guy. So, um, but that that's a that's a good question. I mean, I feel like I'd have I had to have time to really think about that. Um, mm, maybe uh, Bob Sanders, uh, Ed Reed, Ray Lewis. Joey Porter. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, of course. Yeah, Joey Porter I'm doesn't surprise back. me. I'm going yeah. way back, right? <laughs> um, that's all I can think of uh, right that's, now. Hey, that's a good list. That's that, that's amazing. Mercedes Lewis of the Jacksonville Jaguars joining us. Before we let you go, do you guys doing any standing watching, scoreboard watching, seeing what New England, seeing what Pittsburgh has done or, or not? Uh, I mean, you, you watch it when they're on TV. You don't really go looking for it. You know what I mean? If we, we catch it after one of our games or something, we'll watch it. But uh, we're so focused on what we have to do. Uh, we're, we're literally controlling our own destiny, right? And so if we could just focus in on, on each game, have uh, great attention to detail, uh, we'll live with the results. Five touchdowns already this season, the second most in his career. 12 years with the Jacksonville Jaguars, Mercedes Lewis. Hey, good luck the rest of the season, and uh, we'll catch up when you guys are in the playoffs. How about that? All right. Thanks, bro. Mercedes Lewis of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. The Boston Celtics winners of now their last 16 after topping the Dallas Mavericks last night. 110-102, to Jonas in overtime. Kyrie Irving magnificent again with 47 points. They are, uh, damn, man. Like, it, I was trying to think about this because everyone, you know, a lot of people freaked out when Gordon Hayward went down, and, and understandably so. And their schedule, they've beaten good teams, but it hasn't, you know, there's, they've beaten a lot of bad teams as well, too, during the stretch. But what they've, like, every time they play, they seem to get better and better and better. And it's why after the trade was made, everyone made a big deal about, oh, my God, they traded away all the guys that produced an Eastern Conference Finals berth last year. You traded away all these players. What are you doing? That team last year had reached its potential. That was the best they were ever going to be under the way it was currently assembled. And that's just a fact. You saw the best they could possibly do under those circumstances. So they retooled. They landed on a couple of draft picks. Uh, they they acquired an extra draft pick. They still got the guy they wanted in Jalen. Still got the guy they wanted in Jason Tatum. Jalen Brown made a huge jump in year two, and Kyrie Irving's been fantastic. And off the bench, you still have quality players. So a lot of people were were sort of you know shocked and taken back by man. You guys were a, a couple of games away from the NBA Finals. Why did you trade all these guys away? Why did you get rid of your current roster? Because they realized that they had peaked. And I think so many times in sports, teams get close and they go, "You know what? I know we got close, so let's keep it all together and uh, and let's start, you know, let, let's let's make another run at it." IE the Arizona Cardinals a couple of years ago. We're in the NFC Championship game, got buried, and then pretty much kept the same team together and guess what happened? They've declined ever since. So credit to Danny Ainge and the Celtics for seeing the writing on the wall. What I think is interesting is when you look at this 16-game win streak, which is happening in the month of November, there was so much season still to go. But the fact is, is this isn't the Cavaliers or a Warriors team doing this where you could make the argument this team is peaking. This is still so fresh with what Boston has done that I think it's different. 
Last year, we were searching for storylines to find in the NBA. We were trying to find different things to talk about, and Kevin Durant's return to Oklahoma City was one of the big things. But it was a pretty much a foregone conclusion that yeah. we were going to get Cavs Warriors for the third straight year. And we, we we needed drama last year. Yeah, the yeah. Knicks debacle, all that stuff. Absolutely. But this is this is different than Golden State reeling off sixteen. This is different than the Cavaliers reeling off sixteen because of everything that you said, and because it is so early. And you wondered if there was going to be an adjustment time. Heck, the Warriors last year, remember, they were blown on opening night against the San Antonio Spurs in Kevin Durant's first game. Celtics lose two games and haven't lost since to open the season. And that that's what is different to me, where I don't want because I don't want to read too much into what's happening in November and December to guess what's going to happen in April, May, and June. But this is different to me just for the fact of heck, the Kyrie trade was a late trade that happened. Yeah. It wasn't like it just happened right after the NBA Finals and the, the the week of the draft that they were able to make a swap. This was a late trade, and to see how easy it is transitioned without Gordon Hayward, who was going to be the number two guy. So now you have Al Horford moving up in a spot of maybe being the number two option and Jalen Brown moving up to number three. To see how seamless this has gone is scary for the NBA as well because Brad Stevens – no doubt is one of the top coaches in the NBA. And now when you give him the pieces to work with, this is going to be very, very – I felt at times, Jonas, that talent was able to override what the Celtics were doing, even though like Brad Stevens' coaching could only do so much. And now you see what they've done in 18 games and in the last 16. It shapes the East completely different and and just sets it up so intriguing for the rest of the the Eastern Conference and and how this goes because I don't think that it's just a oh this is six months away from the NBA playoffs no this is a big deal well it's hard to hit home runs in consecutive uh, consecutively in sports if you're if you're running a team it's hard to hit home runs like Tom Brady was a home run pick for the Patriots but if you go back and look at that draft class it was awful like New England was one of eight or whatever it was you know the Raiders oh man home run draft class a couple of years ago when they got Khalil Mack and Derek Carr. Yeah, what have they done since? You know, like they, they've, I mean, a lot of these defensive backs that they've drafted, they're one of the worst defenses in the league, worst secondaries in the league. So it's hard to hit consecutive home runs. In the NBA, the only other team that hit consecutive home runs like this was the Warriors because it was controversial when they got rid of Mark Jackson. You know, a lot of people said, mm-hmm. what are you doing? They started to show some signs of life here. They brought in Steve Kerr. That was a home run. Drafting Steph Curry where they got him, that was a home run. Draymond Green, home run. Clay Thompson, home run. Getting Kevin Durant to work within that system was a home run. Uh, Sean Livingston, Andre Iguodala. Like, they hit home run after home run after home run, and they're paying the dividends. The Celtics... Brad Stevens, home run. The Kyrie trade, home run. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, home run. Oh, and by the way, you don't even need to do a damn thing in free agency next year because Gordon Hayward's going to be healthy again. That's a home run. It's the only other comparable to this, and it's in the same sport. And the reality is those two home run hitters might actually meet up in the finals. Like, that might actually happen. So, yeah, I, I think it's I think it's really it, it's impressive. It's I think they're better than I thought or anybody else thought. But the idea that everyone just assumed that that last year's team you were so close, you know, keep it together. All you need is to add a piece or tweak a couple of things. They tweaked a lot, and it's paying off big time. The Celtics again a four game lead right now over the Raptors in the Eastern Conference, and them getting the number one seed this year will be 
vastly different from a year ago, as he touched on earlier. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. He's an NFL on Fox analyst and joins us each week here on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Mark Schlereth joins us. Hey, Mark, happy Thanksgiving. Thank so much for taking the time today. Absolutely. Happy Thanksgiving to you guys as well. Let's uh, let's quickly start with the latest news, at least out of Oakland. Is Ken Norton Jr., was he the problem with that Raiders defense as they now make a change with their coordinator? Well, I mean, you know, I would say no. I would say that I don't care who your coordinator is. It comes down to talent. And when you face the Raiders, what are you facing, really? I mean, you're finding a way to get a double team or four hands, as we like to say, on, on one dude, and that dude is Khalil Mack. And after that, I mean, you break a huddle, you're not afraid of going against anybody on that defense. There's not one other guy that you're like, oh, my God, how are we going to contend with that guy? So if they've got one dude, you can take that dude out of a game plan. And beyond that, um, it comes down to talent. I don't care what you do as a coordinator. If you don't have the talent uh, around your football team to coordinate it properly, uh, uh, yeah, it, it really doesn't matter. You can, you know, you can have anybody uh, calling defenses, and and it's just not going to be that successful. So uh, that to me is really the the biggest problem at all three levels. There's one dude that you have to contend with, and and beyond that, I don't think that's there's a whole lot else to say. So yeah, I, I don't think it's Ken Norton. Obviously, you're trying to shake things up a little bit, but um, the bottom line is they're just not very good. Uh, obviously, we saw Mike McCoy, now obviously Ken Norton the next day. So coordinators are being fired. We know that head coaches get fired every single year in the NFL at the end of the season. What is that like as a player, though? Take us into the locker room when a guy that you've been studying under, that he's been coaching, whether it be a coordinator, an assistant, a head coach, and they're fired. What is the mood like in the locker room afterwards? Well, I think there's, I mean, I think there's a lot that goes into that. Obviously, if you're not performing, um, if you like the guy, uh, you feel bad, you know, you feel bad when guys lose their jobs. And, um, and, and that's always a tough thing. I mean, Ken Norton's had success, you know, in, in a lot of places as has Mike McCoy and, and it feels bad. You feel like you let guys down and that's always difficult. And, um, I, I think, you know, I, I think the bottom line, and this is a, a really tough business. I mean, it's a, it's a business of, um, you know, as we like to say, it's not a try hard league, it's a do good league. And when you don't do good, people get fired. And that's the way it goes. And sometimes, you know, sometimes there's a, a bit of a cover-your-butt mentality in the National Football League. And you look at, at certain guys, you become the fall guy. And I think the same thing is going on in Denver here. I mean, you look at the Denver Broncos with Mike McCoy, and did Mike McCoy all of a sudden forget how to coordinate an offense? Or did you just not have the right players in place? And sometimes it just really comes down to a lack of talent. Now, you can be stubborn and you can continue to call the same things, um, and, and get the same results and then scratch your head and go, why, why isn't it different? You know, why aren't guys getting better? Well, uh, you know, I, I look at it from a coaching standpoint. Your job is to put your players in the best position to make plays. And if you don't do that, then that's on you. If you keep asking players to do things that they can't do, that's on you. But I think in both cases, it really comes down to the lack of talent that you're coordinating, whether it's McCoy or whether it's Norton. Mark Schlereth joining us here on Fox Sports Radio talking NFL. Of course, he's an NFL on Fox analyst. More on the Denver situation. What is the end game? Paxton Lynch reportedly is going to start in Week 12. Jonas talked about the coordinator change, and, and you guys dove into that. But what is their end game with the quarterback position? Do they actually believe that Paxton Lynch could be a guy, or is this just a way of them saying, hey, we looked at all of our guys, none of them are going to work, we're going to try to address this in the draft? 
Yeah, no, I think I think you've got six games to prove it, and I think you know it, it, the coaching staff. I mean, Paxton Lynch has had two years there, albeit different coordinators and different offenses, but you have to understand that Trevor Simeon was having a shoulder surgery or had a shoulder surgery in the offseason, so he wasn't really able to participate in the OTAs. So Paxton Lynch was given every opportunity to win this game or win this job from the onset, and you know he had all the OTAs to himself. Uh, he had the training camp competition. He was really afforded the opportunity to win that job, and he couldn't win the job. And so now you've got six games, and to me it's like, this is a six-game audition. Either prove that you can play at this level, prove that you've got what it takes to study and prepare and to be a professional. And the bottom line is to be an adult. Um, and, you know, there's not a lot of adults. And, and, you know, I played this game for a long time, and, you know, and we all have a little bit of uh, that Peter Pan syndrome in us. But when it's time to work, you've got to be an adult, and especially at the quarterback position. You've got to be an adult, man. You've got to have some maturity. You've got to have some leadership qualities. You've got to be one of the first guys in the building, one of the last guys to leave, and, and you've got to be dialed in. And so, to me, this is a six-game audition. Prove that you can play, or we're going to move on. And we're going to try to implement with Bill, um, Bill Musgrave, and you guys know him well out there in Oakland. Uh, you know, you're going, to have to, you're going to have to simple this thing down, give him some, you know, some collegiate type of spread concepts that he can execute, meld it together with what you're already running, and you hope that it, as, the, as the six games progress, you get more and more concepts that are built on top of it and, and see if the guy can prove to be to have those leadership qualities and those professional qualities. And if not, you're going in a different direction. But it's a six-game audition. Is it fair? Probably not. But um, life isn't fair, and you got to figure it out. You know, you got to go out there and see if you can play. He is Mark Schlair, three-time Super Bowl champion, Fox NFL analyst, joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. So they say that, and, and you would know this better than anybody, that the game championships are won in the trenches. So what is the difference now that we're at this point of the season, getting into late November, Thanksgiving right around the corner, we know who the teams that are going to the playoffs, or we think we have a pretty good idea are, and the teams that aren't. What's the difference at this time of the year, physically, mentally, between playing on a good team and a bad team? Well, I mean, good team, you have confidence. You know that you can overcome things. You have confidence not only as players, but you have confidence in your coaching staff. And you all go to Philadelphia and, and think about the Philadelphia Eagles. They're playing the Denver Broncos. They lose. They're one of the best left tackles, one of my favorite players to watch, and Jason Peters, and he is a freak show. The guy's been in the league 14 years. He moves like he's 25 years old. He's 330 pounds, and I'd say, hey, you know, I'll put him at pound for pound as one of the best athletes in football. He tears his ACL. He tears his MCL. They put a new kid in, a young kid, guy that hasn't really played, and they play the Broncos with a great pass rush and guys that have the ability to come off the edge. And you know what they do? Read zone, run pass options, three-step drops, five-step drops, get the ball out of a quarterback's hands, let him attack the offensive line of scrimmage, let him attack the defensive players, keep them off balance. They didn't sniff Carson Wentz. And everybody thinks it's pass protection. You know, the Dallas Cowboys have the same situation going on. What do they do? They continue to keep the same exact offense out there. They leave their left tackle, Chaz Green, who hasn't played there. He's played some guard. And they give up six sacks to Adrian Claiborne. And I'm like, okay, coaching staff, at what point did you think he was going to learn how to block in that game? Was it after the second sack, the third sack, the fourth sack, the fifth sack? <laughs> was it after the sixth sack that you thought he was going to figure it out? Like, like. 
is that his fault that he couldn't do that? Or is it your dumbasses for leaving him in one-on-one the whole day? <laughs> and, you know, and I look at the Eagles staff, and they go, hey, we got a young kid out here who hasn't played a lot facing the Broncos. Let's not leave him one-on-one with Von Miller a bunch. Let's figure out, or if we're going to leave him one-on-one, let's make it a three-step drop, or let's make it a five-step drop to get out of the quarterback's hand. Let's give him a, ch- a chance to attack the line of scrimmage. That, you know, pass protection just isn't about laying back and, and letting guys beat you up. It's about the way coaches call plays. And that's the difference. You've got good teams that understand their weaknesses, and you know what they do? They put their players in positions, even their weakest players, in positions to win. And when you do that, you have confidence. No matter what we call, we're going to be successful because our coaches are smart and our players are good enough to execute it. Mark Schlereth joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. He's Jonas Knox. I'm Dan Beyer in for Doug Gottlieb. I know this is kind of a broad question, Stink, but – If you were to construct a team, we talked about this earlier, that maybe having the superstar quarterback isn't the ultimate recipe to win a Super Bowl. And I think if you look back in history, that there's a lot of evidence to that. If you were to construct a team, and and I'm not talking salary cap and all that, what are the most important aspects of a championship team that you feel that that a team needs to to make a run in a Super Bowl win? Well, I think, obviously, you know, the quarterback notwithstanding, because he Let's face it, it's an important position, you know. Um, I, I think the biggest thing, and, and you know, I, I'll disagree with Michael Irvin here, who's a friend, a dear friend, but um, has lost his mind. Um, you know, the next team that's one superstar wide receiver away from winning a championship will be the first team that's <laughs> ever won a championship based on a superstar wide receiver. Um, you know, those Dallas Cowboy teams, you know, it, it's funny. Those Cowboy teams he played on, you know, I'll, I'll never forget being in Dallas watching them warm up, and I'm waiting. I was uh, with their skins at the time, and I'm waiting, and I'm watching them warm up because I went out to snap early, and our offense, our team hadn't come out yet. And their offensive line was 2-and-A. Um, Larry, no, it was 2-and-A. I don't think Larry Allen was in quite in the league yet, but it was 2-and-A. It was Nate Newton. It was Mark Stepnowski. Maybe it was uh, Kevin Gogan, and it was um, Eric Williams, and they had Novacek, and they had Emmett Smith, and they had Aikman and Irvin, and maybe uh, you know uh, Alvin Harper. And I'm watching them warm up. I'm going, I do believe we're going to get our ass kicked. We don't have one guy on our offense could start on that offense, you know. And and, and the bottom line, I, I I always have believed this: you build a team from the inside out. You dominate and control the line of scrimmage, both offensively and defensively, and you'll win a hell of a lot more games than you lose. And you can make up for a quarterback that's maybe not an elite-level quarterback, but is good enough to you know to get you as long as you're in manageable third-down situations to convert and to keep you know to keep uh, the chains moving and to score enough to win. And and that to me is what football is truly all about. As as the rules change and it becomes more and more of a passing league and all those different things. You dominate a line of scrimmage, you win. And you'll win a hell of a lot more than you'll lose. And that's really the way I would build a team. And you look at the teams that can dominate a line of scrimmage, you look at the teams that can play that way, um, and those teams are going to lose or they're going to win a lot of games. Now, there's a couple of guys that transcend that, right? Aaron, Aaron Rodgers transcends it. You know, Brady transcends that. Drew Brees probably transcends that to a degree. Um, but be, there's three guys. Honestly, there's three guys in the league. <laughs> and yeah. you know, and the, and the rest of them, you know, you, you're just not going to win 
um, unless you can really dominate the line of scrimmage. And that will never change. It's about blocking people. And it's about, you know, and it's about tackling and defending people. And if you can do that, you're going to win a lot of games. Uh, Mark Schlereth, before we let you go, besides the Cleveland Browns, we know about the Browns, but is there a team in the NFL that you would be really concerned with if you were a fan long-term? Oh, my goodness. I mean, there's a lot of teams. I mean, I I think, you know, I I can't necessarily point a finger at any team in general. I I would just say say this. I mean, if the Jaguars can turn it around by going out and, you know, and and hiring Doug Marone and and getting Tom Coughlin and kind of changing what they want to do or what they want to be as a football team – then I would say that pretty much anybody can turn it around. And we've seen it with the Rams in general. Um, the Chargers would be a team because they feel like a team without a home. And, you know, you go and I called the Chargers game earlier in the season, and, and there was probably 70% of the fans sitting in that 30,000-seat stadium or 27,000-seat stadium that were Eagle fans there. And, and so they would be a, a team that I would be concerned with from that standpoint. But I think there's probably – you know, 10, maybe 12 teams who have ownership that really want to win championships. And then the rest of the teams, I really believe, are in it to to make money and to grow their franchise wealth. And they're not worried about, about winning at any, at any, you know, high degree. You know, if it happens, you know, if it's an outlier, then great. But I don't believe they're truly committed to winning. And, and that part, to me, is what, what kind of frightens me about the league. Mark Schlereth, NFL on Fox analyst. Of course, you can find him on Twitter at Mark Schlereth. Thanks, Stink. Uh, We'll uh, do it again soon. Yeah, absolutely, guys. Be well. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Now. Now. Does it get any better than this? I think not. It's the John Ramos Show. Ramos. It's the John Ramos Show. It's the John Ramos Show. This is the John Ramos Sports on Fox Radio. Huh? Here's John Ramos. He says exactly what Suzanne tells him to say. Ramos. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh. Yeah. 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 Wow. I'm taking it off. On the Doug Gottlieb Show, it's the John Ramos Show. Amazing. Let's get up. Let's get going. Good evening, everybody. We have a great show for you tonight. It's Tasty Tuesday. Mm. Make sure to always use the hashtag, the John Ramos Show. On tonight's show, I want to know, how do you celebrate a Tasty Tuesday? Maybe you order some pizza? Or you dive into some chicken wings? Top it off with a nice root beer? I want to hear from you, and I'll read your tweets on the air. Coming up later on in the show. Plus... I'll give you my top 38 starting quarterbacks in the NFL today. That's right. Plus, you don't want to miss out on our special musical guest tonight. But as always, I have my sidekick Ryan here with me. Yeah, John. <laughs> so good to be back. Let's do it. What a great Monday night football game we had last night, Ryan, between the Falcons and oh. the Seahawks. Uh, you got that right, John. The Falcons almost blew another lead. You're right. And it's funny. I don't really know what blowing a lead actually feels like. I'm not sure what you're talking about, John. What do you mean? Well, in soccer, we're always losing, and I never have a chance to blow it. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite phrases in the history of sports, and I'll share them with you next on the John Ramos Show. It's Spider-Man and the Incredible (laughs) Hulk from the Elastic Superhero Collection. I can beat that. You can tie them in a tangle. Anybody's I forgot to say, that's Jonas Knox. I'm Dan Beyer. Oh, we're back on. 
everybody give it up for not blue, not purple, but pink. Yeah. 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 Nice. That's right. You're just going to start at pink. Don't forget, she'll join me here up on the stage later on for an in-depth interview about her life, career, and everything in between. Also, we have a John Rommel Show exclusive, something you won't hear on any other show in the country, radio, or TV, or see on any website or blog. We'll take a look at the Rams schedule for 2021. I'll go game by game, breaking down, telling you if they're going to win or lose. But here's a little tease. Week six doesn't look very good. (laughs) But right now, let's get to today's top ten list of my favorite sayings in sports. Number ten. We're a next guy down type of team. Whenever someone gets injured, we bring the next guy down the line. Thanks for joining us, Pink. Number nine, we like to look at the schedule several games ahead. We think about multiple games at one time. Due to time constraints, we now move ahead in the program. We are really good. We don't have to improve at all or get any better. And number one. Oh, I don't, I don't have the drum roll. It's swing. <laughs> number one. He left with pink. It is what it wasn't. All right. Oh, there we go. Yeah. That's really good. A little tight show tonight. Yeah. <laughs> what is that noise? Oh. Oh. <laughs> Look at that guy. <laughs> Mess with all those buttons. <laughs> Doesn't know what's going on. Oh, Smog in traffic. <laughs> <laughs> this is a show for the people and by the people, and we'll hear from you next on the John Ramos show. He's drunk. Guy's drunk, Dan. <laughs> That's amazing. Is this musical guest? Just kept playing. Well, they keep playing, and it's so clear. It's like it's off their album. It's not like live or anything. They're so good. Let's hear it for Pink. Yeah. Looks like we're violating copyrights. Hey, what's going on with Christina Aguilera? Don't worry. We'll get to that before the end of the show with Pink during our in-depth interview. Also coming up, we'll check in with my cousin Jose, the show killer. And you don't know. <laughs> what? What? Oh. Are we stealing old Dan Patrick show nicknames now? <laughs> and you do not want to miss it because Jose always comes in and <laughs> kills it. But right now, it's time for you, the loyal audience of the John Ramos Show. Let's open up the mailbag. Right. The John Ramos Show mailbag. I'll... What do you have for me? What do you have for me, guys? Oh, sorry, that was me taking out my ball <laughs> gag. <laughs> Are we sawing a femur? <laughs> Um, I'll go first. Yes. This comes from Sean in Boston. Mm, yeah. Hey, John, love the show. Yes, I'm yes. a diehard Patriots fan. Yes. It looks like the Patriots finally figured out their defensive yes, issues. Yes. Mm. Do you think they can win it all again this season? That's a great question. Wow. Such a good, good question from Sean in Boston. They might. <laughs> okay. Uh, by the John, uh, I have one here. Mailbag. Uh, yeah. Yes. John, uh, this is uh, from Kevin in Denver. Yes, he talked a yes, lot about Denver, yes. obviously. Uh, Ramos, <laughs> I just saw that the Broncos are going to start Paxton Lynch oh, at quarterback this yes, week. Yes, is yes, he yes. really a better option than Brock Osweiler oh or even God, Trevor yes. Simeon? Well, that's a great question. Seriously, a very good question from Kevin. He could be. 
Uh, I got one from <laughs> Ashley here in Cleveland. Hi, John. Big fan of the show. Love your work. Yes. These Celtics look oh, really good this season. Do. And very, as a Cavaliers good. fan, I'm a little mm. worried. Are they going to mm-hmm. prevent LeBron from going to the uh, finals uh, again? I don't know. It's another great question. They have all been really, really great questions tonight. That's all the time we have for you. A big thanks to everyone who tweeted in using the hashtag the John Ramos Show. Also, thanks to Pink for being tonight's special guest. But I'm so sorry, Pink. We'll have to get to you next time. Oh. And Ryan, I'll catch you on my backside. All right. <laughs> oh boy. I thought it was the backside, but apparently oh, you it's animal. John's. I'll catch yeah. you on the backside. Or yours is good too. It good all God. works. Hey. It's Thanksgiving week. We're all in a giving mood, wow. John. God, you animals. <laughs> oh God. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Traveling for one of the big conference tourneys in Nashville or Minneapolis this March? Do yourself a favor. Stay at Graduate Hotels, Bridgestone Arena, Target Center. Their hotels are close to both tournament venues. So why would you stay anywhere else? I love staying at the Nashville location, and I'll be at the Minneapolis location for the Big Ten Championship. And if you're one of my listeners, you can save 30% off with the promo code DOUG. That's DOUG, D-O-U-G. Good at any Graduate Hotels location, up to 30% off. How do you do it? Really simple. Book today at graduatehotels.com. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Thank you. 